to the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one show to bring you all things Club America and English. Your hosts for today are Ivan Pineda, Cristian Rosendo, Alexis Juarez, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Now let's hit the field and start the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Eagle Eye Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking all things Club America in English. Now, we had a bit of a hiccup, technical difficulties at the beginning of this recording, which is why in a second, you're going to be hearing Christian himself start the introduction. And then from there on, the podcast flows smoothly as expected. So hopefully you guys are ready to talk all things America. We recap the Tigres win and then we talk Malagón as well as the upcoming League's Cup fixtures and all of that. Without further ado, here's the episode. <laughs> What's going on, guys? I'm your host today, Christian, because I didn't come talk the host today. But it's okay, Me. though, because we're going to talk about America's 2-0 <laughs> win at the Volcan against Tigres, a much-needed win for our Aguilas. But to help me do that today, I have Chris, Ivan, and Dylan to help me break down this amazing match. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you, brother? I'm doing great, but Aaron Rodgers is still not a Jet, oh. so I'm not that okay. Ivan, oh, how are you doing? Bringing today, up man? that sport, then I'm doing horrible. But you know. <laughs> well, I mean, by by those standards, I guess I'm doing great because I don't have an NFL team, so I think I'm I'm coasting. I'm coasting right now. I'm sure you're very happy that you saw a zero um, next to the opposing team's uh, scoreline. That means we kept the clean sheet, Ivan. I know that means a lot to you. Um, just a quick quick, quick one word to describe Malagón in this game. Yeah, I'm doing good too. Thanks, Christian. Hold on, dude. I was getting to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well uh, so we can get to, to Dylan's segment. We can uh, say that uh, Malagón's performance was good. If it's, if it's a one word kind of recap of everything I saw, it was good. And no, no man is better to introduce Dylan like you, Ivan. So I'm going to let you introduce the man himself. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the legend, the man with all the moves in the studios and outside of him, it is none other than our very own beloved Cowboy Dan. Dylan, how are we? Doing <clears throat> doing pretty fantastic. Um, just got back from vacation, drove into town, uh, got to work at 2, and instead I was just wishing I had another beer. Mm. Oh. And all of us are probably in the same boat as you. But for those of you who didn't know, Dylan's vacation actually consisted of rattlesnakes. And whilst you think I might be joking, Dylan, explain to them why I'm not. No, you're not. Because for 65 years in the making, uh, we've my hometown's always had a rattlesnake roundup. And it's just a collection of the rattlesnakes to kind of control the population, um, milk them for the venom so we can make anti-venom and all the other different medicines that they use. And yeah, it's just a... Uh, sounds very inhumane but you know it happens every year with the protesters protesting it but you know um it's just always a good time for me to go back home and just see friends and family yep very much indeed and um well like christian alluded to we're gonna be talking about the tigres uh victory and we'll mention christian a much much needed victory for las aguilas coming into the clasico nacional which is right around the corner as well after that we'll discuss a little bit about the league's cup the fixtures and what that means for la america going forward in the summer um and everything in between that we could as well shout out to the ladies aguilas who are going to be playing in a short amount of time um i did go see them last week against angel city we did not look at our best but uh, despite the results, I promise you guys that uh, there were some tired legs there. Not trying to make any excuses, but uh, we looked pretty well for a good amount of time. And uh, also, huge shout out to the Monumental that was there, the fans. A small, very small section, but boy, did they make a huge, huge noise and impact. So, shout out to them and shout out to AJ, who's going to be watching that game as well. They're going up against Atlas, so if you guys... Uh, haven't done so go check them out and um all right gentlemen let's talk america versus tigres tigres versus america here we came into this game a little bit hesitant because we had just gotten spanked by pachuca and didn't know exactly whether or not we were going to be coming in looking our best i mean christian if you had to sum up your your kind of feelings and emotion before kickoff coming into this game uh, how would you how would you describe them knowing that we made Two important changes to the roster, the starting 11, excuse me, which was 
Malagon in for Oscar and Emilio Lara in for uh, Miguel Ayun. Yeah, I'm definitely optimistic. And, you know, I think those were the two changes that we really needed to make to the squad. Obviously, the two weakest points that we had. Um, and it, it just kept growing and growing until, obviously, the, the Bachelor game happened. So I'm glad that Donald finally realized that he needed to make a change in those two areas. And what do you know? It resulted in a clean sheet. Um, like you said earlier, I think about it had a good game. Um, it, it looks like he's still, you know, a little bit rusty, but um, it's... If you tell me a rusty Emilio Lara over Miguel Layun, you know, we're going with Lara 10 out of 10. Um, so, like you said, though, much needed victory. Um, I said it in the deleted podcast that we had last week that if we wanted any chances of winning the title, we had to win uh, this past game. And I'm glad we did. It gave the boys a good morale boost cutting into the Clásico. Um, so now I think the boys are refocused. They're back on the mission. And I this should be a great game on Saturday. No, I, I 100% agree with you there. Um, Chris, anything to add on to what Christian just said? Uh, can you repeat that real quick? You kind of cut off on my end. Who, me or Christian? You, you did right now. You cut off a bit. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I just basically said, <laughs> I basically said, uh, if there's anything that you would add on top of what Christian said. That's what said. happens when you don't have a camera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's not the reason, but okay. <laughs> but nah, I mean, honestly... It was very, it was a very, they, they, were, they didn't really get tested. That's how I feel of that game. I think we played good, but I think it's, if you really judge it off, not the score, but just the way they played, it really wasn't that much from the, from the Pachuca game. Just this time we, we took advantage of the situations and we scored. But other than that, like, we know this team is talented. So it re- nothing really surprised me. It's just a matter of defensive mistakes and and goalkeeper mistakes. And I think we did look better in that. You know, you can't take away from Tigres' offense either. They have really, really good talent there. But when you talk about threat, they weren't necessarily a threat to us. No, I, I, I agree. I think, I mean, they had their chances. They had their moments, right? I mean, we talked about the... You know, the, the the fact that we knew that this was a Tigres side that was going to be coming in itching for an opportunity to kind of sucker punch us as well. But the defense looked actually very solid in the majority of the match. I saw an Israel Reyes a lot more motivated, a lot more hungry, and he was lunging at tackles, clearing the ball, being first to it. Uh, very impressed by him. And, I mean, he may not get the same praise, but I would say and put an argument that Gasset is putting a good performance as well. Yeah, I completely agree. And both of them were actually very good. But at the same time, I do feel like there wasn't... There, there was one threat and it was off, offsides that I remember and Malagón had a beautiful save. But outside of that, mm. I don't really think... It, you could give credit to them, obviously. You have to give credit to them because it's not like they were... They allowed it either. But I do think... Uh, I'm not going to get completely hyped about either type of situation, you know? I just think it was a solid game from us, and hopefully we'll get more more uh, games like that. But it's still, like, to be continued type situation. Yeah. Just to piggyback on what Chris said, I, I do feel the same way. I don't I don't think Tigres was at their very best. And they haven't been playing pretty well ever since uh, Coca's left and, and Ruiz kind of stepped in. They've been, they've been a little stagnant and like, going a little bit downhill. Um, so if, but like, I mean, like you said, though, they were searching for a victory because they need a victory too. Like they, they, they've been starving to kind of prove to to the whole league that, you know, we're still here. We still got the capacity to compete. We still got the capacity to win the title. Um, and we just kind of nullified them at any chance we got, um, thanks to the great game of, of Israel Reyes and Sebastian Cáceres, their forward didn't really do nothing. Um, even when Ibanez came in in the second half, he really had no impact whatsoever on this game. Um, we completely nullified Cordova. Um, Diego Alanis was had Emilio Lara's number a couple of times, but wasn't a major threat. Um, same thing with Gorriana. He had, you know, little, little snippets here and there, but nothing too major to say that, oh my God, I think we're in trouble. Um, so if we want to give credit where credit's due, finally, um, I think the defense does deserve uh, a pat on the back for this one because you did nullify a very good offensive Tigres uh, that was definitely searching uh, for for a victory here. 
on top of that, with the whole discussion of the defense, we saw the rotation of the goalkeeper position, right? Malagón getting the start for América and ultimately getting a clean sheet. I kind of worded his performance as good. I don't think he was exceptional. I think he looked solid, though. I think he looked motivated, and he looked like he was willing to throw himself at actually anything that came his way. There's a couple of shots that got blocked by his defense, but he was ready, and he was throwing himself already towards the position, which I thought was actually very good. He looked very attentive at that. He knows that he has an opportunity to cement himself as a starting goalkeeper for the rest of this semester, and whether or not it's going to be for the entirety of his contract in America, too. We'll talk right. about that later on down the year. When uh, we get closer to the summer transfer window, I know there was talks about Marchesin possibly re returning, but I just, if we see a Malagón put in a good shift, I think those talks will, and those rumors will eventually go down. But I think the defense overall looked comfortable with each other. They it, they looked like they had that solidarity from the get-go. And that's kind of a little bit bizarre if you think about it. This is a defense that hasn't ever played with each other, right? So in order for them to actually get through I'm, I'm pretty sure they played in in practice but it's different in the situation when you put yourself in a game environment so it's nice to see that you know game one off the get-go defense looks solid defense look good and you know with with this new goalkeeper i think we're in a possibly good position now of course it's just one game we can't really just you know say all is fixed the biggest challenge is still yet to come against chivas and then of course the calendar doesn't stop after that. So I, I, I think you guys mentioned it, right? America getting off on the right track, but it's how do we proceed from this victory? And it's got to mean more points, more victories, and more results. You know, I think what we were talking about, about this upcoming Tigres game in that podcast that we first recorded, um, I think no one really said that we were going to get a victory here against Tigres if I'm mistaken i think i called for a tie christian i don't know what you called i called a tie as well a tie as well i mean chris could you remember what you called i think i said i, I felt confident beating them but not the rest of the games because we have yeah. their numbers okay so for me it's just sometimes you look at Tigres and you're just like they're kind of a bit overrated you see a lot of well, at least against us like I, we, we beaten them more in finals and we beaten them more in in league, like to me, they talk about Gignac, and yeah, he does put in work against us sometimes, but as a whole, you never really, I, I personally, I just never really looked at him like, oh my god, that's a team that's gonna be so tough. But, but I think, I think, I, I, I mean, unless I, I'm just saying that now, but I do think I, I picked us to win that game. No, yeah, okay. But again, not the overconfidence, I think, out of the majority of us saying that we were going to go in there and, you know, have Tigres number in that sense, especially after the Pachuca game. But uh, Dylan, do you want to throw your two cents into the goalkeeper position and, and, and seeing how now with Oscar, we get a clean sheet after an X amount of games uh, with Oscar in goal? understandable and i think that's the correct way to approach it if we're being honest right let's get let's get a couple of games under his belt and then we'll see what happens from there on um but before we kind of wrap up this topic of of of, of america versus tigres i always quickly want to touch upon something that we kind of over or overlooked whenever we were talking about this game and that was linus and cordoba versus america right and i guess you can throw in diego reyes as well but i think at that point no one really cares about that so I exactly <laughs> and it kind of showed and 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 not because I'm trying to you know troll on them or anything but I saw a Cordoba that looked a little bit flat like it it's it looked a bit non-extensive to me and Diego Linus I know a lot of people said that he had Emilio Lara's number I would argue that yes while he got past him there wasn't really 
anything that Diego Linus did afterwards that you right. said. It, oh, just, he was just for that one shot that he had on target that Malagón kind of safely secured. Yeah. Which, by the way, if that was Oscar, that was definitely going the corner or something. One thousand percent. A hundred percent. But yeah, like you said, though, he got past a couple of times, but nothing too dangerous where we were like, okay, now we need to worry about him a little bit now. Yeah, and even and and even when he gets past a, past Lara and then he crosses it in, it comes off the back of, of an America player, and then the Tigres player is the one that shoots it, and Lara saves it. So I don't really want right. to give any. I don't want to say that Emil Lara got beat in that situation because it was an unlucky kind of you know deflection. So I mean, what was your guys' takes on Diego Linus and Cordova going up against America? I mean, did they look a shadow of themselves, or are we being a little bit too? Too critical. You could definitely say that about uh, Cordova, but I think Line is like I think we still, I think we should give him a little <laughs> bit more credit because when he was on the left, he really did it. Like if because when they, once they moved him to the right, Cabecita took over. It wasn't even uh, uh, Chava Reyes at that point. It was all Cabecita, and he had a great game when it came to uh, tracking back and defending. Cordova, I feel like anytime he had the ball. Nothing came out of it, and I think that's the reason why they didn't score too. I think he he was the, the he was what Fidalgo is to us in the midfield. Even though Fidalgo to me didn't have a great game either, I feel like like Cordova for them would run down the middle and didn't know what to do with it. Like that's just how I feel, you know. And I think uh, that's why you saw the frustration from Guignac, who was very very frustrated by his teammates. And there's even videos of him yelling at. Linus and Linus saying like, "Oh, you're not the only player. I have to send it to other people too." And you could tell they were very, very frustrated from from that game. Yeah, that video became very popular and circulating all of Twitter there. Um, but okay, we'll, we'll send it over to you right away, though. We'll we'll have the production team right on it. Um, I think overall it was. A solid performance from this whole America side that at first we thought, well, can they go out there and perform and put in a shift after the Pachuca game? A player like Cabecita, who we all thought maybe should not be starting this game, but due to the injuries, maybe had to. I think the fact that you saw Sandejas and Brian Rodriguez back on the bench maybe put a little bit of pressure on him. And, you know, we saw the performance that we saw because I think this by far maybe is his best game in the season. I mean, that might be a far stretch, but I would make that argument that I think he looked very, very well. I don't know what you guys have to say. I thoroughly enjoyed Cabecita's performance. Um, I think that he was... I forgot what game it was. I think it was the San Luis game where he, he was consistently dropping back and helping out the defense and then coming back and trying to get it, join the attack. Um, you just saw him very involved in the game on corner kicks. He was going for it, uh, asking for the ball, trying to take on players, eventually scoring the goal, right? getting himself in a great position. That's the kind of seat that we, we need to see week in and week out. But that's his problem, though, his consistency. It doesn't always happen, right? He has one game, two games maybe, and then the next three are like, they're kind of, they're kind of okay. Like he could do more. Like he shows a little flash, but it's not the same consistency as we need him to be. Because when he's on and Diego Valdez is on and Henry is on, then it's we we're, we're just a very powerful offensive team. And then you add in Sendejas or Del Suarez, who I was playing on the side that day. It's it's just uh we're we're just very unpredictable. We can go from any lane, but it helps knowing that a player of that caliber can be a consistent threat week in and week out. No, I agree with you. It, it it really does help. I mean, the only negative side to this is I think that, you know, Henry doesn't get his goal, and I think it just makes him dwindle a little bit more. He's been quiet these past couple of games. I don't necessarily think it's up to him to be always, you know, scoring the goals, but I, he needs to maybe be a little bit more involved in, in, in the plays. Um, but at, overall, I think this was a performance that, I think even he's content about because as a captain, you look at this and you say, okay, this is a, this is a great way to bounce back.
course, of course. And then, well, is there anything else you guys want to add up into this kind of recap of the game against Tigres? Anything to highlight? Anything specific that you guys want to point out? I think we pretty much covered all topics in surrounding this game. I just want to bring up the fact that the, the, the subs weren't that bad this time. And I think that's a positive thing looking forward, you know, because in other games, they make, uh, Tano will make a sub and all of a sudden we're being pressured and we can't even counter anything, you know? And I think in this game, you, if you put in Aquino and it's not like, oh man, why are you putting him in? You put it, he put in, uh, all these other players and it didn't feel like those type of like oh man we're gonna suffer for the next 20 minutes you know and i think that's a, as a positive thing because it means our bench players are also getting that rhythm and we need that especially once ligia starts or injuries happen you know knock on wood it doesn't happen but it is part of the sport and we need everyone to have that rhythm that that impact the moment they come in as a sub and on top of this whole substitution thing, I think it was it was good to be able to see Sandejas back. You know, he got a couple of minutes. I think um, it's good for him getting him back to rhythm. I still don't think he's in, you know, starting 11 form. I don't think he starts against Chivas. Um, I don't think that's, that's you know, stretching it. I think that's the reality. Um, but I don't think that's too bad either. I think Los Suarez has had himself, you know, a good game against Tigres. The goal, obviously, helping his, his case out. But... Overall, I, it it was good to see Sandejas get, you know, some minutes on the pitch and now, you know, moving forward. And, yeah, it's a great call, Chris, right there about Tano and the substitutions and everything because I know that's one thing we questioned him a lot about in last week's episode whenever we were talking about him being in the hot seat. So it's good to see that Tano uh, kind of maybe heard the episode and said, you know what, i got to start making substitutions. That makes sense. Um, but overall, I think it was a comfortable, well-rounded win. Um, and I think it was um, very much needed, right? In in the sense that you you take a beating, you respond strong, um, and now it's just having that consistency that we've talked about. So let's hope that you know moving forward, this is a, a better sign for America because we like we mentioned before the uh, the calendar is not friendly for America. So let's hope that things do progress in the right way. Um, but okay, gentlemen, I don't think you guys have anything else to add on in regards to that Tigers game, right? Only one question. What was the, remember when you asked us, uh, what, how many points we need to get? What was, what was the answer that you gave us? Ivan? What do you mean? Remember you oh, asked us, how many well, points in, in the I, next I four said games? That in the next four games, I ideally wanted 12 out of 12, but, um, I think we all came to the same number of... What was it? Eight? Uh, I'm pretty sure I said six. Six? I said oh, six. We said, I said a draw against... Um, a draw against Tigres, a win against Chivas, a win against Santos. I mean, uh, San Luis. Sorry, Leon. And then a draw against Monterrey. Oh, no, so it was eight then. I got eight. Yeah, because I had two wins and that's before the break right or seven all that all right look at the break or is it leon game and then the break uh, no i believe it's it's the break and then leon okay so i, after the so. Chivas I think she was the last game okay yes. she was yeah she was the last game before the international right so but a lot to do still for me yes America. because then we play leon on april 1st yeah, yeah, so she was the last game. What, uh, do you have a follow up with that, Chris? No, not just, I was just curious because, uh, it would mean how, what, what games would, would we have to, uh, win or tie to get eight? I mean, you obviously want to win against Chivas. Yeah. Um, we can draw win. that game no still what, and kind of right. swap them out. Yeah, that's always a must win. Um, and then, I mean, you still don't, you can't give yourself the luxury to tie against Leon. I think that's has to be a must win at home. So, so, so let me let me ask you guys this. I don't know. I know it's a little bit off off script, but kind of still on topic. Would you guys be okay with us being in a bit tie? Even no. if it's just like you barely no. miss it, you, you wouldn't be okay no. with it. Oh, echo. No. 
No, it's top top four or nothing. Top four or like things are things and, are not going well. How do you well. look at the table right now? Do you think we're able to run that or it's one? Yeah, of course. Like... We're only a point behind fourth place. Actually, we're only a point behind second place. Okay. Because the yep. top is Monterrey with twenty eight, and then you have Toluca Tigres Chivas with twenty one. A win against Chivas, a slipper from the other two, and we're in second place heading into the break. Which, by the way, after we come back from the break, we don't have to travel at all because the next four games are at Estadio Azteca. Three away, and then the game against Cruz Azul, which technically we are away. Um, yeah. But, but home. you know, we're home. Yeah. We're always okay. Home. Okay. Exactly. Which has been the issue in other seasons where you get that break and it's a whole different team, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I personally really don't care, you know, as long as we're going into those games, like, good, looking good, you know? But if we're that close, then I, I don't see us struggling to sneak in, you know? I think we're, it is like a tough schedule coming up, but at the same time, if you have home advantage and you have a lot of these like must win situations like like you said chivas is a must win game like monterrey is a must win game because i at least for us as a fan base we're in, at least i can only speak for myself right i'm annoyed of losing to them i'm just like you know what like they're not all that we could beat them and obviously we have to go out there and show it but for me like yeah we need to go get that win and then the the what is it? Last three is uh, it's last three, right? It's Juarez, Cruz Azul, and Pumas. The last yep. three is Cruz Azul, Pumas, Juarez in that order. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's like for me, you know, we could even uh, use we could even rest players for that Juarez game, in my opinion, and still get the dub. So, like, yeah, I I agree that we'll, we'll we have could... to wait to see how how we go into this. Yeah, but I I agree that we should be able to sneak in. And even get second. I don't know where where we could catch up to first. I don't know necessarily the numbers. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but yeah, no, they would have to start losing. But they don't. They don't like they want to lose anytime soon. Yeah, so I mean, I'm cool with second too. It's not. I mean, they might. Well, this is a good thing for us though because Monterrey actually plays Tigres on Saturday as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a chance for maybe both of them to drop points in a sense, move with the tie. Um, and then like I said, we just gotta handle our business, and we'll be we'll be top top three. Heading into the break. And the two friendlies help us out too, because now we could get some rhythm for those bench players like Julian Dam and Vinyas and Roger. And Malagón tested more. Exactly, that too. Yeah. And Oscar too. Like, if we end up like making the switch for whatever reason, he could get those, those games too, you know? Yeah, no. I mean, I, I wouldn't would, either, I, but I, at the I same time, it's stick with uh, confidence, you know? Just let 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 uh Malagon just run run with the team, even if it's against fourth fourth division friendly. Just let let him cook. That's it. It's his team let until cook. until the end of the season. In my opinion, I mean, it should be. It really should be. You know. Now I want to ask you another but, question. I mean, <laughs> what go for it? What what, what, go, go, what, go. what secures the job for Malagon then? Because so in in the morning you said that. Marchesi. A, a title is what? Another three clean sheets. Yeah. Another say, three clean that's sheets. A, that's a, a little title. too much, bro. A title. From Malagón. Uh, a title a because title, even though, even, even if we didn't win the title with Oscar, we, we were still going to be on the market for a goalie. Either way. Well, I agree. We're if gonna we stay with Oscar throughout the, throughout, the whole, throughout the whole season. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like America to go for another goalkeeper right now. I, I don't think that's their priority. It's because there there's no other goalkeeper at Mexican. Tapia. 
know. Or I the mean, guy that just won the U17, even though he looks small because <laughs> he's 17 years old. But I mean, I don't. I just, I just ask you guys because obviously there's still a lot of football left, right, to play. And I just want to know, like, what for him is like, okay, I secure it. Like, obviously, like, he needs to look as the one of the best keepers in the league, in my opinion. I do think that that's right. the type of ceiling he needs to have. But, like, the Marchesino news comes out, right? Do they go and knock in that door again? Which I'm not a fan of. I, so, my, my thing is this. I only said title because that 1,000% secures the spot, right? Because even when we yeah. don't win the title, no one is safe. No one's job is safe when we don't win the title. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I even think so if he doesn't that's win. That's the only reason why I said that. Because isn't that what happened to Hugo Gonzalez? He won league and he lost his spot like the next season. Right. So, yep. I mean, technically, it's not just winning league. So, I, I get I get what you're saying, but I just wanted Who to was Hugo Gonzalez's replacement, though? Moise Munoz. Remember when he had his, uh, his accent? But. Yep. Okay, I get, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the whole Malagón thing is gonna be tricky because, like you mentioned, Christian, a title oh, maybe 100% secures your spot. Anything less, I mean, personally speaking, I think you mentioned it, Dylan. I think we need to see a little bit more clean sheets. We need to see a little bit more consistency of putting in good performances. You know, it's not easy to go from Ochoa to then a replacement, right? So it's it's going to be tricky. It's going to be difficult. But if you're not giving up goals, you're already in the step uh, in the right direction. But if you're conceding the way that Oscar was, I think you're looking and at yourself and saying, well, I probably am not going to be here for a long term. So we'll see where he stands. But again, this Tigres game was a good was was a good performance, was a good test. I said it myself, I think. Going up against Tigres at the Volcan, it's not easy to be like, all right, this is going to be my first official game with America in the league. Again, not an easy task to do, but he did it. He proved himself. Okay, great. Give him the start against Chivas. If he goes and has himself an amazing game against them, then okay, perfect. He maybe secured himself for the next two, three games. And that how, then you just keep going from there. But a clean sheet. A, a, a clean sheet. Every game or every other game is going to give you that confidence. It's going to instill that confidence in your defense, which I think is something that Oscar was not doing. And I, I think we'll see a very promising goalkeeper in Malagón if he's capable of doing that. If not, then of course, then, you know, let's bring in someone else. So, but uh, thank you, Chris, for those questions. I think they were exactly... Uh, some of the topics that I think some people would have wanted to listen to in that aspect. But uh, I think that pretty much wraps up for um, um, Tigres versus America, right? Three important points, two big goals. And now we look ahead into the Clásico Nacional. Now, we won't talk about it on this podcast because we will be recording one uh, later on during the week for you guys to come and listen to, which, by the way, we're also going to be doing it live. So make sure you guys follow us on Twitter. We're going to be live streaming there. We're going to be live streaming on YouTube. And uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy the show that we have scheduled for that day. Um, but with that said, gentlemen, uh, looking past the league, and I know this is maybe absurd to even look past league, yeah. America is going to have themselves quite the fixture list. You're looking at an America side that is already going to be having two games in between the international break. So you're not really going to get any rest there. Then you're going to finish off the season. Then you're probably going to go into the league and hopefully you get, uh, you don't get repechaje. So you get that week break and then potentially as far as you can extend that run. You're only going to have a couple of weeks because then preseason starts and preseason is going to be League's Cup, right? Announcement has been officially made. America is going to be playing against the likes of um, St. Louis and Columbus. So, I mean, it's towards the end of July, but America is really not going to have any rest or any break. What are you guys' thoughts on that, gentlemen? Uh, it's it, it's difficult. Um, like I understand the cash 
uh, the cash grab this tournament is. I'm pretty sure all of us understand it, right? Um, but I mean, I guess it's a good opportunity for America fans in the U.S. to go see their team in a in an official game because this this cup, while it is a cash grab, right, and whatever thoughts you may have, it is important in a sense because the winner of this does get an automatic uh slot into the, the Concacaf Champions League, which is something if you don't win the league, this could be an alternative route for you to go through um and potentially make the make the Champions League and then and so make the Club World Cup. Um, but I mean, it's, it's difficult. Like you said, even this is, you're giving the players no break. Um, you know, I've even heard like, some people from Liga Mex, uh, other Twitter accounts saying that they really don't care about this tournament, that they'd rather just send their, their U21, U23 out there and whatever happens, happens. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's difficult because then you have international stuff too. Um, you won't, you're not going to have your full team cause people are going to be on international break. Um, and players want vacations too, man. You know, as as much as we love them, as much as we, we want to see them every single weekend, weekend, these guys are human too. They need their vacation time, and this is just taking that away from them. Yeah, you're exhausting the players at this point because, you know, you have the fact that you have Copa Oro, you have Copa America. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 not going to be a light break for, for this team, especially just looking at America specifically, right? Uh, in a perfect world where Emilio Lara shows up and performs, you probably think he goes to the national team. What if Israel Reyes goes and continues to perform? He goes right. to the national team. Mm -hmm. What if Cáceres performs and he goes to Uruguay's national team? And, you know, the, the, now I'm thinking Nestor Araujo could probably go to the national team. We're, we're down to, like, you know, U22 center backs yeah. playing and in and, and, and these competitions. And so... Uh, I, I think the feeling all around is the same. Both Liga Mekis and MLS teams are thinking to themselves they don't really want to put that much risk at, you know, because of the schedule. But in an MLS perspective, they don't really have anything else going on for them. Their season is completely paused. And if they don't put in their best players, then they probably lose the risk of, you know, not having them game day ready for when the season picks up again. So I can see why these MLS teams might take a little bit more initiative and put in their best starting 11. On the Liga Meki side of things, maybe you say, yeah, maybe you want to be ready for when the league starts, so you put in your best players to get some minutes. But if those players were playing Copa Oro and Copa America, then are you really going to risk that and have them potentially pick up an injury or exhaust them even more? I don't think that's going to be the case. So it's going to be interesting to see. I personally, I want to see this competition do good. I think there's a way to do it. Just not like this. Just, just, yeah, just not like, not just like not this. like this. Like this yeah, could no. be like, um, like, you know how in, in, uh, I know we used to have Copa Mekis, right? But make this the new Copa Mekis, I guess, in a sense, you know, it's not yeah. uncommon for a team in Europe to play your league, to play in, in, uh, in, in the Champions League and to play Copa del Rey. Like that's not uncommon and that's usually standard, right? So it shouldn't be something too heavy for the players to kind of fit this somewhere in, in between the scheduling. Um, if you do it like that, then I would I would see more sense to it and I would think, okay, you know, maybe this could be something cool to look forward to, especially since all the games are in the U.S. And, you know, you have a couple options to see if, you know, you can plan out a trip maybe to go see your favorite team. Um, then, yes, that could work. And I understand the summertime would probably be easier to do that anyway, but it's for the sake of the players, I guess. And I guess the quality, too, because like you said, if most, te if most bigger teams have players going up to the national team, you're going to be stuck with the sub-20 players anyway, right? So the quality is not going to be there at the quality that you expect, you know, for the tournament to be. Um, so, you know, I it has a cool concept to it because you know who doesn't want to start the Liga MX MLS, you know, banter right and all the all the trash talk that it comes with it, right? It's 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 fun to get into. Um, but like you said, there's definitely a better way they can do this for sure. No, hundred percent, Chris. Anything to add on to that? So I I like. The idea of it like you guys but like you said like the timing of it it's just it's a glorified friendly that's how it feels like but now it's like something we all want right which is CONCACAF Champions League like, like I'm not gonna lie to you guys I watch like I know America isn't at their best right now but I watch some of these like MLS and Liga Mexicana teams and I'm just like bro America could easily do 
better. Maybe it's just me, right? Being an America fan, delusional to an extent, but it's like, uh, I want that, right? If, when when America's in those competitions, it's when it's the best time to be a fan. So that's what, you know, and, but like you guys said, the timing for all that, it just, it's, it's the summer and it's, it's, it, it feels like, it's, it's not going to feel like an important competition because you're going to see these, these youngsters just get their debuts and, and, and try to like, you know, like you said, like we have a lot of players that could probably be gone, right? Like Richard Sanchez could probably be gone. Uh, who, who else? Uh, all the Mexican players that we got exactly, are, are yeah. national team worthy. Mm -hmm. Cabecita and, you know, Roger Henry won't Cabecita, Israel Reyes, Nacero Rajo, yeah. maybe Miro Lara. Right? Cendejas, you know, right? Cendejas going to U.S., right, yeah. exactly. So Cabecita, it, Diego Valdez, didn't Diego Valdez just get called up to, to Chile? Yeah, he just got called yeah, up. Exactly, yeah, and that's you, maybe another potential player we can lose. And, um, and then, but I was going to ask you guys, well, what exactly is the time difference between international competition and then when that starts? Isn't it at the same time, or is it like... Well, I think it's the same time. I think the Gold Cup, uh, the Gold Cup starts in June. And, oh, actually, yeah. no, it ends in July, July 16th. Okay, so that's still yeah, so enough, I'm telling you, so enough time. Gold Cup right? ends July 16th, and then you get about one week. Okay. <laughs> one week of, at that, of break. And, at that. And, then you, and then you start and then you, this tournament. So yeah. what about when you get out of the group stages? Do you guys see our players playing, or you think it's way too soon? But we wouldn't get out of the group stages, though. You don't think so? I think what we got are easy teams. In my oh, opinion. no, no. Oh, I thought you meant, I thought you meant Mexico. What do you mean? My bad. I thought you were in Mexico. You, you're talking about... No, because you said get out of the group stage like at the Gold Cup. But if they make it over to the final and they play on July 16th, I don't yeah. think they would play the tournament at all, though, because they need their vacation. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you know? I was going to say, like, because if it's... it's just, but the games are at the same time, are they? No, they're not at the same time. So, no. Okay, I was going to say, like, what is the possibility of we play those two games, we come out of the of the of the group, of the group, I think it mm -hmm. is possible of, of them going in, right? Like it might depend on their playing time, maybe you know, or that they had in the tournament, maybe not. I don't know because if you think about it, it's also a business move, right? They're gonna get paid for being playing these uh extra games. I could see some players saying, like, Hey, I'm down to play it, you know. I could see some players saying, I need my rest, I don't care about that extra money. I think that might be a, a situation, right? That they might run into. But I just want to know, like, is it possible? I mean, it's just, it's, it's interesting to say the least, right? But, but it is possible, I would say. It is possible. I mean, you ponder the question of, you know, whether or not America's going to have their best 11 or whether or not, hey, you never know. This might be an opportunity for one of the youngsters to show themselves and they yeah. might cement themselves in the team. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an endless possibility at the moment. Uh, but just to kind of give you guys an idea, right? Our, our opponents are going to be Columbus Crew and St. Louis city um and uh, america's fixture list looks a little bit tight i'm not gonna lie to you i mean america goes off against uh st louis on the 27th of july and then four days later they go up against columbus uh columbus crew on july 31st um that's a quick turnaround mm -hmm. and the and I think Columbus Crew has the advantage in that last game because their first game uh, against St. Louis is on the 23rd. Mm. So uh, that's a big, big gap for Columbus. They're going to have a lot more fresh legs than Yeah, they have eight days of rest or seven days of rest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah, it's going to be difficult for America, to say the least, if we anticipate the fixtures that we want them to have throughout this season and then looking ahead into the future season, right? You're thinking you might have one or two preseason games uh, in Cancun or at or in Coapa to get you ready for Leagues Cup. Then you go fly out to the States, play Leagues Cup, right? Being America, being the team that we are, we don't have the excuse of, oh, this is like a Mickey Mouse trophy. Like, this is whatever. It's like, no matter what competition we're in, and I think I've heard someone say, even if we're playing Canicas, like, yes, America is expected to win every competition, no matter the importance, no matter how unimportant it is. If America is not lifting that trophy, then it is a failure on the institution. So we know we're coming into this one knowing that, hey, a, our pride is on the line and that means something to us. So we have to go out there and perform. And like you mentioned, reach the final because it 
it has a nice little, you know, incentive, which is a Champions League spot, right. which I would argue America needs to get back into of right course. away. Of course. Because we should be in there year in and year out. So, Which is funny, though, because and, we're on the same bracket side as Chivas, too, to make it to the final. Look at that. We have really? Toluca and Chivas, which I would think are the toughest Liga MX teams. And then looking at the MLS, I mean, I'm not really too familiar with MLS, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I do think that Nashville and Columbus are good teams in the MLS, if I'm not mistaken again. Like I said, I'm, yeah, not, I'm, not I mean, too, I'm not too familiar with, with, the, with the MLS, but... It, it, it's a little difficult to say right now because, right, I mean, it's it, it fluctuates in MLS, right? Mm-hmm. It, they could be having a great start and then they have a poor start, yeah. uh, a poor dip in that point, right? So, I mean, perfect example, Seattle. Everyone thought Seattle was going to be great last season. They didn't make it to the playoffs, so... Mm-hmm. It's it's gonna be tricky. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I I think it's gonna be good. I, I, it's a great competition and it's a great way to. I know Christian, you're you're with me on this one to slowly find a way to integrate both leagues into what could potentially be like a super merger, right? In a sense, which is what um, I think this tournament is. I think there this is <laughs> this is gonna be their sample size and but yeah, the audience in terms of people who buy tickets and people who show interest between Liga MX and MLS clubs. Um, this is their sample size, and this is going to go on for the next, until at least until the, the, the World Cup, right? Um, and then yeah. after the World Cup is when you'll probably start hearing the rumors again of a, of a merged league. Uh, but now they have a sample to go to, to see, okay, did it work? Are people actually interested? Could this potentially be the next big thing in, in world in the world of soccer? Um you know, so I like the initiative, but I, like you said, I, I, I think there's a better way of doing this, though. Yeah, no, if you I want the quality, agree. basically, because I think yeah. most Liga MXs will, will are gonna take this tournament as a preseason tournament to get them ready to, um, to to start the the clausura, um, and especially the teams that don't have any uh, any national players, um, they're definitely gonna gonna be the ones taking this a little bit more serious, but still in preseason mode though. No, 100%. And you know what? If Liga Mekis is smart, they they would somehow find a way to incentivize the teams to be like, yo, put in your best players, put in your best performance, because there is not only money, but like longevity here at risk. Like, like there is something to gain out of this. Like, for mm-hmm. example, admit, I don't think a lot of people are looking at it this way, and a lot of people maybe not be thinking about it, but Apple is looking at this competition as a potential money grabber, right? right? I mean, the numbers potentially could be off the roof for this MLS season pass that they have going on. So imagine if they go and they check and they see that throughout the MLS season pass, they see that the regular MLS season games gets a certainly good fair amount of numbers, right? They have a fair amount of subscribers. Then, boom, Leagues Club hits. Now your subscription has gone up because, you know, you have more people interested because of Liga MX and then they start seeing the numbers for example us they start seeing when we go up against Columbus and we go up against Nash uh sorry not Nashville St. Louis then they see wow these numbers have quadrupled Columbus never got this much numbers for us St. Louis never got this much numbers for us is there a market here for us to potentially tap into which would be amazing for America and not just for America, but for the whole league itself, like a potential to develop, a potential to grow. A, imagine an investment from Apple in Liga Mekis, what that potentially could do for the league and for us as an institution. Yeah, no, completely agree. I don't. So I, I would, <laughs> I, to an extent, I you don't. don't. Just be, I get your right, your your thought. I don't think Mexico is ready for all that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe yeah. I'm right. Like, are we talking about streaming services? Is that what you're trying to mean? Like, say, I mean, well, they're they're already enforcing it. They're enforcing. I mean, it, you see a good using it. Like, I, I don't know have the numbers in front of me, but everyone's like complaining about that every day. Any any time there's a well, game, it's because they chose the 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 most garbage streaming service there could be. But yeah, I just think, yeah, this going. I think it's too ahead in, in Mexico. That's too ahead for Mexico. No, it's not. I don't think it's too ahead because Mexico. I, I mean, they have Netflix, right? Yeah. They understand the concept what are the of numbers, streaming. Though? They understand that. Like what are the? Because it's not like I, you're I, local. again. I, I know. I get. I get what you're yeah, saying. No. But for me, like, I just see too many complaints for me to like say it's it, it, they're ready for that. I get where you're coming from from a business I, idea. Uh, I don't. I'm not arguing. I think 
they're making the most money out of the people here, but not over there. That's just my opinion. Which is fine by them. I think, I no, hundred percent is fine by them. But I think Christian is right. I think, I think they implemented it, the whole streaming thing the wrong way, and then they're in, they're doing it here wrong too. Vix is not the place to be putting stuff like that. I mean, can you imagine going from, you know, crusty little Vix to like oh Apple TV? Like that's that's you know that's upgrading right there. So. I, I think there's a potential there. I, I think if, you know, maybe there's a way to like merge and to get like a bundle price to get Liga Mekis with MLS. I mean, that, I'm, I'm sure we're speaking, you know, way ahead in advance. And that's mm -hmm. whether or not this League Cups even works in, in the numbers yeah. department for them. But there's so a lot of things traveling. I would make the argument. It's an issue. Because yeah, no, of, of course. Like, it, it's, a, it's a very like big step. That's why I'm against it. Like for me, I'm against all that. For me, it's also a, like you because you kind of help out MLS instead of helping yourself out. That's just the way I look at. It. Maybe not from a financial standpoint, but for me, it's just like culturally, you already have something there. You just continue to grow it. If you're adding to them, but I think it's because you you have to understand that we're in a different stage. We're in a different era where, and we have seen it affect our club specifically financially. TV doesn't run the industry anymore, right? It and and Televisa is no longer making the money that it used to make when they were the powerhouses in Mexico for TV. TV numbers have gone down. Streaming services have gone up. Streams have gone up in everywhere around. But the remember, world. and, and we not didn't, just we didn't in touch US, this, not just in Mexico. Yeah, we didn't touch this topic. Remember, they're going public, allegedly. I don't mean that's what's been reported, right? So even with all that right. being said, it, it might become irrelevant because if they be get, just get investors. America just fixing yeah. their own. And I, th and I think that's why they have to go down that route, right? Because Televisa can no longer they don't care about the for club. all the expenses. Even if they if they could, they don't care about it. Because it's like, you know, our owner was fighting about a show on Twitter not that long ago. Like, owner. Nah, but see, but, but this is my, my thing too now. Because you said Mexico isn't ready for it. But if Mexico is ready to get public investors and go public, why can't they be ready to go but, but I mean the, uh, the brought people. out into a, a better streaming service. Yeah, no, but I and mean what Ivan breaks and what, the point that Ivan makes that Columbus versus Nashville is not gonna generate the same numbers as Columbus versus America. Let's be real here. Oh, you're okay? Right. And this is why MLS needs League MX for that specific reason, just to get those numbers up and make their product seem that it's because of them. And this is, but it, we all know it's not because of them. It's because of Chivas. It's because of America. It's because of Tigres. It's because of Monterrey. It's because of Liga MX teams that buff up those numbers, which and then can lead to other opportunities. But what I mean by that is more of the people, not not. I think business wise, they're they're they, they could sell the league to Russians or Chinese people. They'll do it. It's, I don't think that's necessarily. Right, it's like the UE being sold. Right, you hear the Saudi Arabians and all that. They're ready. It's not necessarily Damn. that the people aren't ready. I don't think. I think if you, I, the people it, in the US are ready though. Well, yeah, but the thing is, it's just they have an art like the football in Mexico is dying, bro. I don't, I don't know if that's if, if, if people agree with it, but you look at compare two thousand attendance, and, and I know people can say, oh, there's a lot of things that impact it. It does, but at the same time culturally like there's no passion anymore and why is because of the business decisions that that the owners are making like 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 no relegation right i know a lot of people are like like i know why mls doesn't have relegation mexico not having it is just pure corruption and people can see right through it of course yeah, so of course. for obviously like like you guys are right from a business standpoint they're going to try to move everything to the u.s because they're going to make the most money out of the u.s right and and probably even from a perspective they're saying oh we could get tort tourists from from the u.s and canada come and see their clubs at at tijuana or all this but at the same time it's like you kind of lose focus from 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 what you are and i'm against that like to me it's like you're, you're you could still make money it just you have to clean up the corruption you gotta stop having these owners own more than one club you need to stop uh uh buy, buying uh plazas right like Mazatlan, for example, like this, oh, they, they, some guy wants to make a team over here where we're just gonna buy out Morelia and send them. Like, there's a lot of things, and and I, I, the reason I also picked at that is because we get accused of that as America fans because our owners are Televisa, right? But it's not just America. It's not just Televisa. You look at Grupo Pachuca. You look at uh, 
grupo uh, uh, caliente, uh, all these other ownerships, and it's a lot of corruption. And I think moving to that it just completely kills the. You know, there's always an argument that oh, the the MLS's gap with Liga Mexicana is closing. For me, it's not that it's closing. It's just that one's declining and the other ones growing because of our, our decline. And I think for me, it's just like, just stay away from that. Go and focus on it. It doesn't even have to be Libertadores or or uh, or Sudamericana and all that. Just focus on having the passion inside your, your country. And that's how we're going to grow as, as a football country. I mean, you make a really good compelling argument there. I just don't think that I can see them giving up so much power, the owners. I don't see them willing to put that step forward. I mean, you remember when Mexico had the the exit out of the World Cup and then all of a sudden, you know, they said, oh, here's our like 468 step plan on how to make things better in Mexico. And they've only on step number two. Yeah. So I. It's it's nothing's gonna change unless there's a force change, and if you have someone like Apple that can come in and change that, then by all means, I, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, as long as my club like you know benefits from it, I don't really care how the rest of the country comes out of it, you know. Oh yeah, it, it's, I, I get, it, I get that perspective. To walk away too. with this and be the one. Yeah, I get that perspective. So, right? if America's champions under I all mean, those we'll things, see. then we don't really care about what's going on with the other people, right? Exactly. True. So it's it's what's mostly going to be beneficial for the team going forward. But is supposedly see, but of course, uh, pro pro rel coming back in a, in a way? They, they, in um, a sense, they, yeah. No, they yeah they, yeah yeah. They, they hasn't been accepted. They they it's a it's an offer that they give to the ownership, but they're not going to hmm. accept it because one of them was uh, getting rid of a uh, multiple, which the government's like on their neck. I don't know if you guys seen Amlo has called out Pachuca's owner and they leaked audio and all that, which like. A lot of people don't know that because it's not being covered by all these news media, which is funnier to me because it's like they're quick to talk about players partying, but it's like they don't talk about Jesus Martinez being called out by AMLO and stuff like that. But but one mm -hmm. of the like the offers was like, oh, um, uh, you, there's no more multiple prop properties and whatnot. And they're not going to give that up. There's too many of them unless it's, it becomes uh uh, like they benefit off of like sales or something, you know, but they, they're not gonna they're not gonna accept that. It's too much money for them to just give that up. Easy to move contracts well, to and stuff. We'll have to wait and see. It, it's 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 all tricky, and I mean it's all hypothetical at this point too, right? We don't know what's gonna happen going forward, but. I guess League's Cup will be interesting. I'm a little bit excited to see. I mean, whether or not America goes in 100% or even 60%, it's still going to be interesting. I, I, you know, I think we're capable of doing something important, and I think it's a good, viable option to gain a Champions League spot. And, um, I mean, as the reputation of being the biggest club in North America, you have that kind of obligation to go in there and win this competition, right? Mm -hmm. The first official League's Cup where there's like a real true kind of trophy on the line with a real by the way that trophy is so disgusting like so ugly they need to do something <laughs> with that trophy well maybe later down the road they can you know remodel it and then you know we'll see what happens but it'll be interesting so you know those games will be available to viewing in English on uh, Apple TV uh, MLS season pass and then of course to then it will have us covered on all aspects in regards to America as well I would not be surprised to i would actually be surprised if any of our games ends up in vix you know because mm -hmm. uh, I'll, I'll riot at that point um but with that said you know we'll talk more about these cubs later down the road whenever we get to that point we'll talk in more in depth maybe we'll bring in a couple of specialists for columbus and uh st louis to talk and and, and you know see what that perspective is whenever we do get to face them in this competition um but that pretty much wraps it up for what we have for today's episode unless you gentlemen have anything else to add on um, i'm okay for now all right we'll save our voices for the upcoming podcast this week to preview the upcoming clasico nacional again that one's going to be live make sure you guys follow us on twitter at eagle podcast and we'll have all the details there in the upcoming days so you guys can stay here on the live feed which is going to be on twitter and 
on YouTube. You guys can ask your questions. You guys can interact with us. We'd love to have you guys come on and ask us a couple of questions and, you know, sit down and get ready for that preview. Um, well, gentlemen, like we said, happy days, hopefully, upon us. America gets the victory against Tigres. Things are looking on the up and up, a clean sheet, and hopefully we keep it rolling against Chivas. I just want to say thank you to Christian, thank you to Chris, and thank you to our beloved cowboy, Dan. Dylan had to hop off the podcast a little early. He had to go back to work, but we do want to say thank you. And a huge shout-out to AJ, who is at the moment covering the Lady Aguilas game over on our Twitter account. So shout-out to Dylan as well. Gentlemen, again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. To all our listeners, thank you as well. We'll be back uh, in a couple days to talk and preview all things Clásico Nacional. With that said, you guys have a wonderful time. Take care. And as always, Arriba la America. Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen.